This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Yo, 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 yo. Yo. Hello, yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Hi After 9. Uh, we're Scott and Kat. There's a whole ton of shit to talk about today, and we have another podcast password coming up. Uh, we'll do that very, very soon. First off, before I get to the magic here, I'm still getting tweets from leftist extremists about my tweet about gas prices the other day. Wow. Like, here's the latest one. It's not the taxes. It's the greedy oil and gas corporation. But hey, keep on keeping on. Listen, I cannot say this any more clearly. It's very simple. It was about taxes. What can we do right now for some gas price relief? Taxes, taxes, taxes. And one more time, taxes. 40% of the price is taxes. We could immediately save people some bucks, but we're not. Oh, and you know what else? We're not doing anything for small businesses either. I mean, Doug still hasn't even announced when the capacity restrictions are coming up. Fuck you, Doug. (laughs) But that's a topic for later on. Let's talk about what happened yesterday. This is from Ryan Roca, a great journalist with Global News in Toronto, who put out this incredible tweet yesterday that I loved. Halton Regional Police pulled over a driver yesterday because that driver was, and I quote, playing the flute with two hands (laughs) while driving. This, this reckless son of a bitch was out there driving, playing the flute. Okay. (laughs) Cat, tell me there's a good reason for this. First off, actually, let me ask you, you ever two-handed a flute in the car? Um... (laughs) So... <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out though. What the fuck? Did what somebody fuck? call nine one? Sorry, did they say somebody called this in, or did they happen upon a flautist behind the wheel? It, first off, is that how you say it? It's is a, a person who plays the flute a flautist? A flautist, yes. The fuck did you know that? Uh, I, I know a lot of really random shit, Scott. I couldn't begin to tell you where I stored that up in my brain, but I have it. Um, I. So sorry, did someone call it in? No, I believe the cop actually saw the driver <laughs> doing it. <laughs> I love that. I love it. You got caught playing the fucking flute with two hands behind the wheel. First of all, I, how many people even play the flute? How many people even what? play the flute? And why did you need to desperately play it behind the wheel? Did you have a concert coming up and you just really needed to, needed to squeeze in every moment to practice? Listen to that magic. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like, what, 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 what the fuck? Two hands, too. You can't, can you one hand a flute? I think <sighs> you could. That's a great question. Can you one hand a flute? I don't think you can do it well, but you need, like, 
well lubricated a well lubricated mouth just so you know right you gotta lick that up that's Get right those lips going and i know it's best if you because you have to hold it you're supposed to hold it with two hands but he could have now here's the question if he had one hand at the flute would he have been in trouble yes I believe okay. that would fall under the uh, the umbrella of distracted driving. Really, any musical instrument while driving is not encouraged, everyone. I, I, I dare say even illegal. So this guy, and what did he have the flute beside him? Was it in the glove box? Did he have to reach into the back and pull it out of the case? So many questions. Was he just stuck in traffic? Because, you know, at a certain point, I get it if you're just sitting still. Like, I need something to do, too. I've, I've never heard of anyone playing the flute. I've heard of a lot of other things, but but is there anything to that, or was he just he was actually operating a motor vehicle on a road, and this happened? Nope. I think that this was just an overwhelming urge to blow something. Uh yeah. I mean, it happens to the best of us. I think that if you are behind the wheel, you're having a day. You've had a day. You just want to calm down. I think that a flute or flute music is probably just what the doctor ordered. But let's keep in mind, in addition to how dangerous and reckless that is, it's also extremely curious for the people in the cars around you. You could cause an accident because somebody's going to look over, see you two-hand in that flute and think to themselves, fuck's going on here yeah i mean in your car it's calm as fuck did you listen to that in your car it's like peace on earth and all good things but then someone's looking over watching that i would lose my shit if i saw i would laugh so hard i'd probably pee my pants if i saw someone two hand in a flute on the road i really would what do you suppose this fucker looked like give me oh. a description oh of somebody God. who plays the flute behind the wheel i picture this fella as having long hair first of all Mm-hmm. I picture it being <laughs> being tied back by like a ribbon or something. Uh-huh. Um, very uh, earthly fella, and just going about his day playing the flute. That's what I picture. You know what comes to mind for me? What? I'm thinking full, healthy head of hair. Yes. Yeah. Turtleneck with oh, a blazer. Turtleneck. Yes. Turtleneck with a blazer and just a. Gorgeous, glimmering mustache. That's what I think a flautist driver looks like. Mm -hmm. And if you're having trouble picturing what I envision this driver looks like, perhaps this will ring a bell. You play jazz flute? I dabble. Would everyone love to hear Ron Burgundy play some jazz flute? (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Get on stage now. Okay, I guess I can play a little ditty. Honestly, I'm, Come on. Really, I, give my I'm not prepared. I really am not prepared at all. Yes! This is a surprise, I'll tell you. <laughs> Guys, East Harlem Shakedown, E flat. Keep it simple, splashy, and uh, Jerry, let's take the baseline for a walk. Hold on. I'm not hearing it right. Hold on. Oh, cat! It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We got it now. It's all right. Just beautiful. Wow. It occurred to me that there's an opportunity here because clearly the police have not done all they can do to get the reckless flautists off the roads. So if we can't 
curb that behavior, then I think we're going to have to encourage it to be done safely. And I think the best thing to do there is to have a spotter in the passenger seat, probably someone else who can play an instrument. So I think that if this flautist, as you were quite right in pointing out, can find himself maybe somebody who plays like a a jazz saxophone, they could do a full-blown fucking concert behind the wheel. You're talking about a driving orchestra. A driving orchestra. A symphony on wheels. I like this. Okay, so, and and let's just, we, we have to figure this out logistically, because the flautist was behind the wheel, but really, that would be awkward, because a flute, depending on the sides, would probably hit the window. So, maybe we'd have, would we have the flautist in the passenger seat? I guess it depends on who's playing in the driver's seat. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Room is an issue. So I'm going to recommend that we stick like the cellist in the back seat or something like that. Maybe yeah. even in the trunk. I don't know. Yeah, we could do that. Um, a sax player perhaps could be. I think a sax player would be good in the driver's seat because you could just kind of stick your sax to the side. The wheel would get in the way. But you could just kind of, you know, you just shift your sax a bit to the right. And that I've could probably that. work. You could squeeze that. Yeah, you could squeeze that in. Sure. What happens if the the sax and the flute touch? Can two instruments touch in the same vehicle? Because I imagine oh. that once you really start swinging, that uh, there it could get a little wild there. Yeah, I I think that that would make for a really awkward moment, um, especially if they just touch each other a little bit. You got to be mm. careful with that. You don't want to touch instruments. Those things are very very sensitive to bumps and dents. Mm-hmm. You keep it on mm-hmm. your own side. There's a lot of spit in that too. All of them. You know, all the wind instruments. Mm-mm. Well, you know, as I watch this clip here of that was uh, Ron Burgundy in Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. It never even occurred to me that I I think there's two different kinds of flute, if I'm not mistaken. There's the flute that you just like two hand it and you just blow right down on it. But then there's the sideways one. You know what I mean? You you blow into the tip of it, but you hold it to the side. Yeah. Is is that a, what's the difference then between a flute? I don't know like that I, and the long, I, I thought maybe one was one's like a recorder. Re- that's what I thought. One was a recorder. Maybe it is. I, I don't didn't think know. it was a flute. Did someone maybe say it was a flute, but it wasn't a flute? And now that recorder community is outraged. Oh fuck! That's, that's not the a lobby you flute. don't want to piss off. You don't want to piss off the the recorder. <laughs> the, the recorder boss. He's going to get real fucking angry at Burlington Police right about now if that's the case. So here's a good question. Did he blow over? <laughs> no, there was no blow over there. Just a no. really strong desire to play the flute behind the behind the wheel or the recorder. We don't fucking know. Okay. That's an, that's an interesting conundrum, though. If the cop did suspect that he'd been drinking, he would naturally ask him to blow the breathalyzer. But what if he's just got nothing left in him? There's no more blowing to do today. <laughs> He'll just pass out immediately upon <laughs> upon request. <laughs> You know what I can't figure out here, though, is, is and I'm still watching this clip here from uh, Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. It's hard to tell from a, a YouTube clip how big is the average flute. Hold on, people. Hope you got your griddles. Well. How big is that? Because it looks like he's got quite, uh, there's a bit of girth there on that flute. He'll probably tell you that, yeah. Huh. It's the mustache. It just works with a flute, right? That's why I've got that image in my head of what this asshole looked like. Oh, yeah. No, I've got more of like an old school uh, extra in Cinderella type vibe going on. You know what I mean? The, sh- <laughs> the fucking people in the background <laughs> in any one of those old movies. That's what I picture. 
Oh, some people, cat. And you know what's weird? Is that guy started off having a regular, normal day. He probably got up and had some breakfast and he put his socks on the same way all of us do. But then our days went in different directions. You probably went to work, maybe had some lunch, a couple coffees, shot the shit with your coworkers and went home. This son of a bitch pulled a fucking flute out of the back seat and started blowing it in the car. <laughs> At first, what? I didn't even know if this tweet was serious. I thought, oh, he was... Two hands on a flute while driving. Eh? Oh, is that what we're calling it now? It's a, There's a real actual possibility that this person listens to the podcast or someone who knows him. I need to know, are you good? Like, I want to know if you're a good flautist or not. Are you good? Or were you trying to get practice? Or did you just find it somewhere and just to start decided to start blowing it while you were driving? Well, God, no, because that would be a stranger's flute. You don't want to blow that. No, I mean, you wouldn't. But I don't know if people have done weirder shit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, it's uh, it's a, a dark day, a stain on the reputation of an otherwise great province that we've got people on our 400 series highways just huffing while they're driving. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, I forgot to tell you yesterday. I ran into uh, an old friend of ours. Do uh, you remember Joe? Joe, the uh, the author. Oh yes, of course. He wrote a great book called Story in the Stars, and and I'm not even going to give it away, but if you're interested in reading a good book, Joe draws a connection between the constellations and so on and so forth and and things that have happened in the Bible. He's great. I've known him for a long time, and he's got a new project. He texted me the other day, and he's like, hey, I'm back. And I thought, I didn't know you were fucking gone. But okay, all right, cool. Where are you back from? He was in Liberia. Imagine this. Middle of a pandemic, he flies to Liberia. One of the poorest nations on earth because he wants to help. I mean, he he looks for places that can use help. So he has undertaken a charitable initiative with Liberia. They built a full-blown community center for them. They put in wells. Some of these families are walking like two, three K a day just to get a bowl of fresh water. Wow. So part of what he's doing is he's putting in all these wells so that people have access to clean drinking water. And it's kind of crazy the little shit that we take for granted here, but he's helping to put that infrastructure in over there. And he is he started a website. It's called hopeforliberia.com and I told him I would give him a mention here on the podcast, hopeforliberia.com. And part of the reason I really like what he's doing is he's broken it down into such simple terms cuz he's very aware that people are in a shitty financial situation right now. Some of them are. So he'll show you that for $5, for a $5 donation, you buy a chicken for that village. Gives them eggs, and eventually, someday, it will give them chicken. But for now, that $5 feeds people in a village. Oh, I like that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, so if that's if you've got 5 bucks to give, they can use your 5 bucks. Let's say you got 60 bucks burning a hole in your pocket and you want to donate it somewhere. 60 bucks sends a kid to school for the entire year. School is $12 a month. And if you want to send one kid to school for a year, it's a $60 donation. And you think about, you know, when you go out to shop somewhere, you drop 60 bucks like it's nothing. And that can make such a big difference in in people's lives. I love that he's doing this. Thank you, Joe, for bringing this to our attention. Can you mention the website again? Yeah. Hopeforliberia.com. 40 bucks feeds a kid for a month. Wow. A 25-kilogram bag of rice, $20. That obviously has great benefits. There are so many different things. It's all broken down into how much it costs to get various projects done. 
And he runs this whole thing uh, himself. So there's all, virtually no administrative costs there. He's taken it all on himself. So what a great guy. Wow. You know, like shit. I you flew that. halfway around the world because you care about people. Like I don't you ever hear of people like that and, and know people like that. Obviously you do. I, I do. We do. And go, what the fuck am I doing? You know, we try our best here. At least we can bring it to your attention. And it, by all means, if there's anyone who does have a charitable initiative that they want to share with us so we can potentially pass that along, we're happy to do it. Well, Giving Tuesday is coming up next month, and and especially with that, I think that's when people start thinking about more charitable stuff. So I did want to get this on the radar, and I told Joe I would give it a mention for him here on After 9. Whether it's $5 or $10,000, whatever you've got to give, hopeforliberia.com really does go a long way. He was showing me pictures, and God damn it, it's sad, Cat. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Some of these people that just want to go to school just can't go to school because yeah. they don't have... $12. It's not fair, right? And it all depends it, on where you where you end up in the world, you know? And yeah. that's not fair. That Life shouldn't be decided by just where you happen to be. Sorry. Sorry about your luck. It's not okay. So I'm, I'm really glad he's doing that. That's great. Thank you, Joe. He's a great guy. Uh, a couple other things that I want to talk to you about. Uh, number one, good old Donald J. Trump is back in the program, Kat. <laughs> oh, God. I knew this shit was going to happen. We said this a year ago. Mm-hmm. A year ago in After 9, we, we made it very clear. I get that Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are getting intense pressure from the radical left to get Donald Trump silenced. They want to silence him. No, I don't want to hear any more about Donald Trump. He might start another insurrection. Ugh. All right. If that's the narrative you want to go with, fine. Me personally, I'd kind of like to know what the fuck is going on. I'd like to know what he's up to. If he is planning an insurrection, it'd be kind of nice if it was right there in plain sight so everyone could see it. But no, they kicked him off. Mm -hmm. So he's doing what he threatened to do, what you predicted, Kat, months and months and months ago. He's just going to start his own social media platform. I'll I'll say it here. I'll say it here and and I'll say it now. And if I'm wrong, I will admit that I'm wrong. I don't think this is going to go anywhere at all or be big. I should say it won't be big. But you know that there's a group that supports Trump that wants to hear from him that will join this. I'm not sure how many people will, though. I just don't see it lasting, Scott. Yeah, I I don't either, Kat. It's uh, do you know how many people have tried to start a social network that saw the incredible success that Facebook had and thought, oh, I can do that. I'll start my own Facebook. And Trump is one of them. But one thing I will say about this, two things I'll say, actually, is, number one, he is extremely well-funded. There's a fairly large capital corporation behind it. The company is Trump Media and Technology Group, and the app is going to be out in the first quarter of 2022, right in time to start stirring it up before the U.S. midterm elections. Mm -hmm. It's called Truth Social. Okay. The Truth Social app. His quote from the press release is available at scottandcat.ca if you want to read it. Uh, He pointed out something that is really hard to refute. He said, we live in a world where the Taliban has a huge presence on Twitter, yet a former American president has been silenced. Okay. (laughs) It's an interesting spin. (laughs) Okay. All right. But you know, people will hear that though and think, yeah, you know, it's fucking bullshit. I'm going to join Trump's social network. Yeah. Like those are the sort of wedges 
that really pit people against each other. It's so funny because we talk about social, especially recently, right? It's come up time and time again with all the shit going down with Facebook, especially. We've said negative things about all of them, I think. And I don't think that any of them are perfect, but I know that this isn't the solution. You know what I mean? This is not like, oh, finally, guys, it'll be a nice trusted platform we can all agree on. (laughs) It's not going to be, it's not the case. But you know what I don't understand is whatever happened to, if you don't like it, don't engage with it. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, sure. I mean, if you don't like Donald Trump's tweets, you don't have to be harassed by them. Silence Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You you can do it. You can mute him on any of the platforms. So you never have to see his shit. I don't understand why you follow it. Let yourself get all enraged and then demand that he be shut down. Does he have a, a like a Facebook page? So I know obviously Twitter took him off there. That was the, that was his number one platform. He loved tweeting. Yep. All the time. And then he violated a lot of their codes, or I think they made up some, to be honest with you, just so they could kick him off. Uh, because at some point it was getting ridiculous. I agree with that. But does he have Facebook still? No, I think he's off all yeah, of them. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what, I don't think anyone will let that guy on. Well, I mean, another example of, of what we were just talking about is at Netflix. Now there's Netflix employees that are considering quitting. They're walking off the job in protest. Because Netflix still has the Dave Chappelle special on it. And they want the Dave Chappelle special taken off. And and yeah, he did do a, a pretty lengthy segment in his last stand-up special about the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. And people are upset about it. But does it make sense to pull it off completely or just not watch it if you don't like it? I, I, I don't. When did that change? Because that's the way it used to be. I mean, if there's a. If Will Ferrell is doing a stand-up special and he says something I don't like, I would turn that special off and probably not watch any more right. Will Ferrell. Right. And there's a lot of people out there, honestly, that I personally just kind of block from my life. And I'm like, no, because they're an idiot, because they said this, this, because they're insensitive towards that. And that is your choice. And, and by the way, about the Dave Chappelle special, I did watch it. And Netflix is correct here. I mean, he did not do anything to endorse hate. To I didn't. I didn't hear that anyway. And I was listening with very sensitive ears. I decided to listen with sensitive ears. That said, you know, I, I'm I'm not a member of the trans community, so I can't speak for them. But what I can say is, it didn't seem hateful in terms of you know encouraging this and that. It was a discussion. And by the way, to have a discussion, I think is okay. And that's really more what the stand-up was. By the way, it was kind of a discussion more so than a ha ha ha. That's so funny. Uh, type of act. So that said, I didn't love it as much as I've loved many other Dave Chappelle specials. But yeah, I mean, if it's hateful, if it's if it's toward a group of people, no matter what it, you're talking about, yes, I think there should be repercussions to that. Most definitely, you can't. There, hate speech is not allowed, and we can't teach kids that it's okay and you can get away with hate speech. That is true. But if we're talking about some opinions or open conversation, um, then you know, there's a gray area there. I think. Do you think Netflix is going to cave and say, all right, fine, we'll get rid of it? No. Or are they going to leave it up on on principle? Because it seems like Netflix has taken a fairly principled stance on this. Yeah, no, I think they're going to leave it up. And I think when they first came out, they they went back and they, I mean, the people who approve these kinds of things before they put them to air do go through that process. And there were questions raised when they went through the process, but they watched it and watched it again and again and again. The majority of people, and keep in mind, Everyone is watching with sensitive eyes, listening with sensitive ears, who runs the show, Netflix especially and included. So, yes, they've done some shit in the past, like put, put cuties on there, for example. Remember when that was all, that was oh, a big yeah. deal. Um, they had cuties on there. Some things that they put on there, they ended up taking off. But they're quite apologetic when they do. In this case, 
they see nothing wrong with it. They see nothing wrong with it. And at the end of the day, to them, it's a conversation. So I don't see them going back on that because like they've said time and time again about this, it doesn't provoke hate. It doesn't, um, you know, they said a certain wording, so I don't have that on hand. But basically they said, no, I'm not getting rid of it. And I don't think they're going to cave to that. Okay. Uh... Let's talk quickly about the holidays. And and I know that this is going to sound out of left field for some people because there's many, many, many who feel we don't even talk about Christmas until after Halloween. And we don't do anything Christmassy until after Remembrance Day. That's how a lot of people feel. But as you know, seasonal creep is a real thing. There are holiday violations to some, me included. And there's a couple of holiday things in the news today. Number one, Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Christmas begins tomorrow on W Network here in Canada. (laughs) Starting tomorrow, 41 festive new premieres. Beloved Hallmark Channel fan favorites, Candace Cameron Bure, uh, Holly Robinson-Pete, Danica McKellar, and many, many more are all featured in this year's lineup. Seriously? October 22nd we're doing this? You know, I love when people ask that question seriously. Because, yes, seriously. Because guess what? People will watch it. They don't put shit out in the aisles at Costco right now because people don't buy it, guys. There's people actively buying it. So before you get pissy about it, take a look. Dollarama. I was just at Dollarama the other day. One of the locations had most of their stuff up and people are asking... They had the aisle blocked off, by the way, because they're putting, they were in the moment. They were putting the stuff, getting it ready for a full aisle full of Christmas shit. And there were people asking, requesting, hey, I know you've got this blocked off, but can I go ahead and buy this? Can I go ahead and buy that? If it is available and people want to consume that, whether it be a product or a show, then it will be there. And let's go back to what we said about social. If you don't like something, just don't take part. If you don't feel like you want to buy ornaments right now, don't fucking buy them. True. Are you the type who, I don't know, this weekend is going to grab a blanket and make yourself some hot chocolate and snuggle up on the couch and watch the magic of Christmas begin? Uh, Truth be told, I don't like Hallmark movies. I'm not. Yeah, I don't like them. I I don't mind a rom. Like I love a rom-com. That's great. A lot of these are, it's, I haven't watched one in, in years, to be really honest with you. I haven't watched one of these in years. They're all very predictable, and that's fine. And sometimes that's all you need. It's a comfort thing, right? And for some people, that's a comfort thing. And they watch them, and they're beautiful love stories, and it gives them hope maybe, or it makes them feel the feels, and that's great. It, that isn't for me. I find them very, very cheesy. I don't like them at all. But You're not I, about that life? I'm not about that life, but I do... I am totally okay with it being available to people as of this this Friday. I'm good with it. You're in favor of allowing people to make their own choices? I what? know. It's fucked up, right? How you're, dare you're not going to call W Network and demand that it be canceled <laughs> or anything like that? I know. I, ah, I'm going to go out with my sign, Pitchforks. I'm <laughs> canceling my Stack TV subscription. <laughs> Fuck this. Listen, Fuck here, listen here, John Global. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm all for it. Eh? If it makes you feel good... Uh, go for it. I'm excited for Christmas. I love Christmas over Halloween times a million. I don't, could give less fucks about Halloween, but uh, I have little kids, so I have that much to care about, just a little bit. 
But I'm looking forward to Christmas. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm counting down to. And there's other people who enjoy that, too. And if a little holiday movie that's very extremely cheesy with, like, D-list actters at best make you happy, then fucking give her, man. Fucking give her. I love that attitude. Fucking give her. Stick a fucking candy cane in a hot chocolate, swirl that shit around, drink it, and watch it. Who cares? While we're talking Christmas, which I know is still even weird for me to say, but here we are. While we're talking Christmas... Bud Light is getting a head start on the holidays. They have unveiled a new product. They call it their Ugly Sweater Pack. Now, they did that last year, too, and they're kind of bringing it back with one of last year's flavors, Cranberry. But they've added three new ones for their Ugly Sweater Pack this year. There is now Sugar Plums Seltzer, Cherry Cordial, and eggnog seltzer. Eggnog. Would that be a carbonated okay. eggnog? Because you know if it is, I think <laughs> I just threw up a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> you know what? You had me all the way through. I was like, oh, damn. Like, one of the ones you mentioned, I'm thinking like, yeah, fucking right. I could get into that. And then you mentioned eggnog, and that's when it turned. That's when I completely changed my mind on all of it. What's with seltzers? Why? Why? And, and don't get me wrong. I love a seltzer. It's great. It's keto-friendly, actually. Really good. Really good on carbs. A nice, light, refreshing treat. I don't hate on seltzers, but what I am starting to dislike is the amount of seltzers that are popping up. Every fucking company had seltzers. They did. It it went crazy. I mean, they were making seltzer seltzers. It was fucked up how bad they were doing it. But let me tell you uh, a couple of the descriptions on yes. these flavors. Because some sound you- good. The sugar plum one especially. So please do. Okay. So sugar plum has sweet mixed berry, cranberry, and plum flavor. That sounds great. You know what? That's the, I, I don't hate. I'm not going to hate that one. Cherry cordial. You could serve that if you have some guests over for the holidays. That is made with cherry and chocolate flavors. Mm. Cranberry, the same one from last year, they say is a bold berry aroma with a sweet and tart cranberry flavor. And now the eggnog. Seltzer nog is what they call it. Nog. (laughs) (laughs) Seltzer nog has sweet cinnamon and vanilla flavors to mimic classic eggnog. Okay. Okay. So it's not just like they infused a whole bunch of bubbles into a carton of eggnog. Thank God. That's what I was worried about. (laughs) I was about to call 911. That's great. What the fuck is going on at Bud Light? (laughs) You guys lost your minds. Man, fuck you guys. We spent a lot of time making sure it doesn't curdle, and you intentionally made it curdle? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with Trying you? Trying to make us sick, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads to today's podcast password. This is where you can win $1,000 as we close in on a million downloads of After 9. You should text the word seltzer, S-E-L-T-Z-E-R, seltzer, to 519-571-2328. Do that and you're in to win $1,000. Hey. But you've got to listen with your goddamn ears. Hey, hey, don't say Z. What? <laughs> oh, I said Z, didn't I? I meant Zed. Zed. Hey, there was like 20 years of my life that I wasn't even allowed to say Zed. Say Z. You anti-Canadian fuck. <laughs> I know. I used to get shit on all the time for it. It wasn't my fucking business. So did I. I didn't do it. So did I. Uh, no, that's great. And you, can I just mention one real quick thing? I've said it a million times, but I keep seeing it happening. And we want you guys to win money. So it's very important. Just text 
the password, guys. Don't say your name. Don't put a little emoji because it won't count as an entry. It's not on us. It's just the way the system works. It will be an automatic entry as long as you just text that word Scott just said. All right. It is an automated process, and it, it just picks up the, the texts that have that word is uh, the yeah. technical explanation for it. Otherwise, so, we don't care. I mean, we don't care. You could do it 15 times and, and tell us a, a story about your life, but it's just the way the system works. October 21st is the International Day of the Nacho. All the nachos you can eat. You brought me a nacho. Yeah, all the nachos you can eat. Get some nachos. Today is International Nachos Day. Oh, yeah. I love nachos. So when it comes to nachos, you had a really interesting theory, and I thought, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, that's right. It's amazing to me how many listeners leaned into this mm-hmm. on our mm-hmm. FM radio show today. Kat suggested, who decided we had to have nachos for dinner? Yeah. Who decided nachos had to be on the appetizer menu? Why can't you have nachos in the morning? Talk about a great food to start your day. You get protein, maybe a little bit of mm-hmm. cheese. You get mm-hmm. those, those tortillas. You can even throw some jalapenos on there if you want to really perk up your, your tongue. A lot of different ways we could do it. Let's normalize nachos in the morning. I could have nachos right now. If I give you $100, do you think you could eat a whole plate? Like a Kelsey's size platter of nachos? Oh, For 100 bucks, could you finish it? You know what? I don't think I could. And I do love nachos. And I also would like to, by the way, normalize having it as a meal if you want to. You mentioned it. I mean, all the food groups are in there. You could throw some extra shit on it too. I, I love it. It's great. I don't know if I could finish an entire plate though because it's one of those... Ones where you'll order as an app. Most of the time, people order as an app. And maybe they're sharing with people. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just getting it for themselves. Nobody ever finishes it. And also, when it gets to that point, because some places don't make it right. Some places make it like shit. So you don't have layers of cheese. You're supposed to have layers of cheese. So once you get to the point where it's just a bunch of nacho chips on a plate, that's not, that's not appetizing. There's nothing to... I don't want that shit. I might as well eat cardboard. I don't want that. I want it with cheese. I want it with sour cream. Give me some guac. Give me some salsa, sprinkle some peppers on there. Let's fucking go. So, no, I wouldn't eat the whole thing just because I hate the remnants of the nachos. Raptors went all out last night for the season opener, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It was really I mean, they well did everything done. except actually play good basketball. Well, well look, hey, uh, I'm going to be that person. Ready? Are you gonna, I'm going to be that person. Get ready for it. This is a young team. There are a lot of new players that have, some have never even played in the NBA until last night. And that was great to see their excitement. And yeah, specifically Scotty Barnes. Love that guy already. I love that guy already. I thought that they looked okay and there's work to be done. And even Van Vliet, who is the not official captain, captain guy, um, admits, yeah, we were a little bit uh, nervous. It, it, it is a bundle of nerves for a lot of people. And if you watch the game, you know Van Vliet was very calm, cool, and collected, as he usually is. In fact, he had a three-pointer, like I think it was like five seconds into the game. It was incredible. He did, he, he's, he's, he's the best. He's awesome. And he's going to help lead this team as well. But they need a little bit of work. And I think that's okay. Don't judge on one game. But the home opener itself, I agree. I thought they did uh, I thought they did a great job. It wasn't too long. They brought out Cardinal Official to do a little rap to update the anthem. And I love that he took the time to update that with the new players uh, mentioned in there. I thought it was really well done. I thought so too. Uh, Lupe Fiasco at halftime. There was a really great rap in that opening video that got done. I mean... All around, just a world-class presentation. Not a great effort on the floor, though. Uh, They lost 98-83 against Washington. They were leading for a bit. It was all right. It was okay. (laughs) We're not going to panic after game one. No, no. 
Squid Game is becoming a problem at schools because, as it turns out, there's a lot of kids not only watching Squid Game at school on their devices, they're mimicking some of the games from Squid Game at school. Teachers are noticing this and throwing up a flag. Yeah, I think particularly it would be Squid Game itself, from what I'm reading, that some school boards are noticing happening on the playground. So I have so many questions with this. Now, that said, all it takes is one or two kids. Now, you haven't seen Squid Game, right? No. So Squid- This weekend, I might actually try an episode just to see if I yeah, like it. Yeah, and, and what I will say, just tip, watch the whole thing. Because I, I think I've told you this before. That I found the first, me personally anyway, I found the first 20 minutes to be very slow. Actually, maybe 20, 30 minutes. But you need to set up what's happening with him in the real world before he goes into Squid Game. So it was necessary, but a little bit boring, to be honest with you. So Squid Game itself is, spoiler alert, the last game played in the series. And this is a game that's actually apparently popular in Korea, unless they made that up on the show. But it is actually popular in Korea. And what it is is you basically have to take over your territory and force a player up to a certain part or off the, off the Squid Game board. This is basically like a sidewalk chalk game, if you will. Okay, So you have to kind of push them off of that. And it's supposed to be just a push. You're not supposed to shove, kick, punch. But when you're eliminated in Squid Game, you die. That's how it works. You get eliminated. Someone comes up to you with a gun, shoots your brains out. So I guess on playgrounds, and even here where we broadcast our FM radio show in Kitchener-Waterloo, I had a teacher reach out to me to say, yep, they're probably going to issue some notices soon because they're noticing it on their school playground now at recess time or whatever they kind of, they're not all called recess anymore. They're noticing it out on the playground, though, as kids playing this game. But they're not... Some are not being too abusive, but one school in Florida had to actually put out a note to parents, A, watch what your kids are watching, because all it takes is a couple of kids to know what's going on to create the game. And apparently in some cases, they're punching kids. Like if you're out, you have to you have to take a shot in the face or in the arm. Really? Punching, kicking. Yes. And that's. Can anybody punch them? Because I feel like some of them need to get punched. Um, yeah, and some of them probably do need to get punched, but they don't want to encourage that, as you can imagine, on the school ground. <laughs> Scott? I wonder how many teachers. You know, there's always that one little prick. <laughs> They'd probably love to just clock them. For sure. And, you know, some in some schools, you know, kids are end up with iPhones even in grade, you know, six, seven, eight. I'm not even sure how young kids, are, ha- kids have them, but they're able to see images of it because all it takes is for someone to share it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and they're going to see them. And once they see them, then they're like, hey, that's a good idea for a game. Now, all that said, guys, I mean, I'm personally not going to take this too seriously as, as someone with young kids. And here's why. Growing up, we had many a dangerous games on the playground. And I'm sure you could say the same, Scott. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, we did it, some dumb shit. Has anyone played Red Butt? Like, I'm pretty sure I've had fucking welts on my leg before. Um, definitely just playing soccer alone, you get hurt. I understand this is a game where basically they're making it so that if you lose, you get fucked up. Or you get, even if it's just a slap, a punch, a kick, it's not okay. It's not all right. I get it. You don't want that on the playground. Nobody does. Nobody wants young kids, especially, by the way, as young as like grade two and three playing this. I am curious, though, where they're, are they watching this at home? Are they just seeing images of it in some cases? Are they figuring it out? Because it is most definitely a gory, a gory, gory show at some part. So I hope that there's not kids in grade three actually watching bits and pieces of this show. Uh, but that said, just so you know, these warnings have been issued. And as more households watch it, and up to now they're at like 141 million homes have watched this, or accounts, I should say, have watched this. So there might, there's probably going to be more school boards issuing these notices.
Saturday. Saturday is going to be a sad day. We have uh, two very key COVID benefits expiring here in Canada. Now, there was CERB, and there's a lot of people who feel CERB should be ended now because there's a lot of businesses looking for staff. And the theory is, is that as long as CERB is out there, there's people who are just going to sit around and collect CERB and not go and take a job. And we want people to work, not to get the handout. But there's also people who need it and and can't find work or can't go to work or whatever the case may be. So I get that that's a delicate balance. And so far, CERB is going to continue. But two key business subsidies are going to end. And these are ones that kept the doors open at some businesses. The wage subsidy and the rent subsidy. They expire on Saturday and they could very easily be renewed by Parliament, except we don't have a parliament right now. They haven't set or story. They haven't brought the house back yet and they aren't going to until late next month. So what is going to happen to these businesses that they needed that rent subsidy or they needed that wage subsidy? Mm. I can answer the question for you because the VP of national affairs and partnerships at the Canadian Federation of independent business has come out with a statement. Businesses are anticipating a shockwave to the economy if these two subsidies end. They are forecasting some businesses will have to lay off staff or reduce their hours or close their doors for good. Wow. What happened to, we got your back. We got your back. We're here for you. What happened to that shit? Because we're still in a fourth wave and the different parts of the country are under different restrictions. But in Ontario, small businesses in particular are still being aggressively targeted by the Ford government because the stadiums are allowed to be at full capacity and have been for two weeks now. They haven't even announced when small businesses like restaurants and gyms can drop their distancing requirement. Mm -hmm. So if you're forced to be at a reduced capacity, but you're getting by and still employing people with the help of the wage and rent subsidy, why would they let the wage and rent subsidy end? Why would they do that? Mm -hmm. But I don't even know if there is a mechanism where they could extend it without consent from Parliament. I don't know if they can or not. So some of these businesses, I think, are going to be in a real shitty situation in a couple of days. What are they um, given uh, provincially? You'll have to remind me because I really don't know much about it. I mean, the business has got some, but not a ton uh, of stuff. They got like a, a grant to buy PPE, a grant to buy the plexiglass yeah. and signage and shit like <laughs> hey, that. Hey, I mean, I think this might be a good opportunity then provincially for each, especially if they're going to be running soon in an, in an election to step up and say, especially if they're non-liberal. You know, I'm talking to you, Dougie. You'd be like, well, look, you know, you got fucked by Justin Trudeau again. So let's help you out. No. I would think this is an opportunity, but I don't know if the provincial government's pockets are deep enough. I mean, the yeah. bills are mounting pretty quickly. Sure here. Yeah. So I, I don't know if the province can step in and do this. This is something that the federal government took on and they, they said, hey, don't worry, we'll be here for you. We're, we're going to have your back, they said ad nauseum yeah. for a very, very long time. We got your back. I, I, it seems a little too soon to ease up on all of these pandemic uh, benefits for businesses, especially when they're still capped at how many people they can have. That wage subsidy actually had people hiring during the pandemic. There's some businesses 
who would have had to close their doors forever if they had to pay their employees while they were doing takeout only and shit like that. The wage subsidy helped them stay on. And if the wage subsidy ends, I'm afraid they're going to get let go. And that's going to have a ripple effect from coast to coast to coast. It's concerning. I hope they do something. Two more things I'm going to mention here. Number one, a shout out to everyone in India, just knocking it out of the park when it comes to vaccinations. India here, and this will put in perspective, I think, how massive a country India is. They just gave out their one billionth COVID vaccine. A billion needles in arms in India. And do you know where that gets them, Kat? How, how far are they along now? Of the eligible population for vaccination, one billion doses gives them 75% with one dose, 30% fully vaccinated. Okay, that's, well, that goes to show you then how many people. You know when you uh, go on a long hike and you finally get to the end and you're like, ah, oh, I did it, 10K. And then you realize you got to walk back. Yeah. Ah, fuck, I'm only halfway. That's got to be the feeling for them. They put a billion needles in people's arms and they're still only at 30% fully vaxxed. Yeah, wow. A lot of people. Last thing here. Is Landry dead? Ryan Landry? I, I mean, okay, so here's an opinion from me, okay? I just want to put that out there because I mean, we don't know any answers. But yeah, I mean, you could imagine being in Brian Landry's shoes. In my opinion, he probably, he definitely strangled and killed uh, Gabby Petito. No doubt about so? it. Yeah, no doubt about it in my mind, of course. This had every single red flag in an abusive relationship. Um, so... As I've been following the story, the more that I learn about the guy, the more I don't fucking like. Um, And I'm not surprised at all. I mean, the second he was, nobody flees if they didn't do anything wrong. And and I I hate that horse shit online every now and again that we had seen. And maybe it won't be the case now, but that we'd seen like, well, maybe he was just afraid like people would try to pin it on him and he didn't do it. So he's fleeing. No, fuck off. You didn't do something. You don't run. And this guy also, hey, piece of shit. So I'm not surprised (laughs) at all. (laughs) <laughs> by the fact that he probably ended up shooting himself in this park uh, because he realized he, there's no way that he can live his life. I mean, he's done. He's done kaput. And let's say in the very off chance, slim, slim chance, he actually had nothing to do with her death, which is horse shit from the get-go, that, that anyone would even think that that's a possibility. His parents might be the only one left that believe that he maybe had nothing to do with it. I don't even think they even, believe it. I think deep down they, they know, know that, that he did they it. They know. And even if you do feel you're innocent, you can't walk. You can't walk amongst regular people anymore. You're fucking done. All signs point to you being an abuser, uh, both mentally and now physically. You, you're, you're fucked. So do you take your life into your own hands and shoot yourself? This is what he did. Or did you face the music? You didn't because you're a coward. And yes, I do think that's his body. I do think those are his remains. And I do think he killed her. As you're aware, the FBI and the Northport Police Department and our state and local law enforcement partners have been searching the area of the Carlton Reserve for Brian Laundry. Earlier today, investigators found what appears to be human remains, along with personal items, such as a backpack and notebook belonging to Brian Laundry. These items were found in an area that up until recently have been underwater. I know you have a lot of questions, but we don't have all the answers yet. We are working diligently to get those answers for you. Dog the Bounty Hunter was right. He said really early in his search for Landry, he's in that Florida park. We know he's here. And I'm wondering how he could be so certain 
that that's the case. Maybe dog picked up on some of this shit. Maybe dog found some of those personal belongings that police have now come on. So even though dog didn't find him, if that is in fact him, because they haven't identified the human remains that they found dog was right. So that's good. How does the family get any closure here? That's what I'm worried about. You know, if you're Gabby Petito's family, you don't even get to hear anything. You'll never really know unless DNA can mm-hmm. can somehow piece the pieces yeah. together. And that's bullshit. I hate that they don't get that closure. It's yes. really, really sad that they don't. You know, put yourself in that position for just a second and your heart breaks. You're absolutely right, Scott. And that would be... That would be, I mean, the worst. The worst of the worst happened to this family. And and I, I know there are people who feel very bad for his family as well. And okay, and maybe there's something to that. Maybe they, you don't, sometimes you don't know. I, I understand. Sometimes you truly, those who claim, I didn't know this about my child when they're found guilty of doing one thing or the other. It's not that I don't believe that, but people are obviously going to tend to feel so horrible for the her family, for everything that she was put through. You know, the moments of her death, you know, being left to die, all of those things. And we do know that she was strangled. So we do know she was killed, regardless of whether it was him or not. You can't bring her back. But my God, that feeling. I, I wouldn't wish that upon a, my worst enemy. So I really just feel horrible for them. And on that, we will say thank you for listening to this episode of After 9. I don't know if we're going to have Dave on tomorrow. He typically joins us on Fridays. But uh, I don't even think we can say. Yeah. There, there, there's something up. And and at this point, I think that's all we're going to tell you until Dave comes back, assuming he does. I don't know. He may never bounce back from this when he <laughs> when Dave comes back, he will explain to all of you why he is probably not going to be here tomorrow. And if he is here tomorrow, oh, make some fucking popcorn before you listen to this episode and then. Just enjoy the smell. You're not going to want to eat it because you will choke. You will choke (laughs) on that popcorn if you even try. I'm trying desperately over here to keep a straight face through all of that. Um, No, no, it's very, very serious. Very, very serious. No, I mean, hey, hey, great reason for him not being here. No, it is though. It is though. Can we can we at least say that he's he's recovering right now? Uh, Yeah, I think we can say that he is recovering. Okay, that's all we'll say then for now. Uh, But Scott's not wrong in everything that he said. Oh, I hope he can be here. I hope that means that he's feeling well enough and we'll have uh, some fun at Dave's expense if that's the case tomorrow. And if for some reason it isn't, maybe we'll try to get him, him on earlier than the following Friday on the show. Okay. Enter today's podcast password. If you missed it, just rewind a little bit. It is in here. And that gives you a chance to win $1,000 when we get to a million downloads. Have yourselves a fantastic Thursday, everybody. And we'll catch you right back here tomorrow. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.